Well, it is six o'clock on Thursday. You know what that means? It's time for crosstalk. Woo! We need like a sound system or something like that to play like cheesy applause or something like that. But I am I am one of your hosts. My name is Doug McClure. I am glad to be here for another episode of Crosstalk. This is my I lost count how many crosstalk episodes we do. And of course, with me is my faithful co-host, my sidekick and all things cool, the Batman to my Robin, the Wonder to my woman. I'm just trying to be inclusive. Uh, this is John Wayne Wilcox. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so excited to be here, man. Uh, well, I've been watching a lot of um, the Muppet Show because I, I didn't have a childhood, so I didn't watch it then. I'm catching up on it now. And um, you talk about a sound system for introductions. I just think of Kermit. I think if we could hire a Kermit, that'd be great. So we, you say we need to hire an announcer? Maybe we can get Ken Argot to be like our hype man for, for Crosstalk <laughs> and record like an opening video. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to oh, yeah. Crosstalk, you know? He's but got, uh, it's great to be before. here, man. Uh, another great week. We've had a great week in Augusta. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. It's time for confession. I am just now over COVID, so I apologize not seeing everybody last week. Uh, kind of a bummer, but uh, I watched the episode. I was able to uh, comment in my own spectacular way. Uh, so we had a great time with Lieutenant uh, Chris Thomas, and uh, thanks for Sergeant, McCorm Sergeant McCormick for stepping in there. It's always exciting, but uh, my family recovered from COVID, and if I can tell you a little side note about COVID, I highly don't recommend it. Uh, not good <laughs> at all. So me. yeah, I mean, just really awful. So uh, just don't recommend it at all. So it, it is real. Mask up, take care of yourself, and be safe. But uh, today we got a really special guest. Now I got to tell you some things. So, since he can't only hear us, but he can't say nothing, I'm gonna get to say stuff, and he gets to listen. Uh, I've known this guy uh, pretty much almost since the day after he was born. Uh, actually his, his parents, especially his dad was, uh, his dad was at one of my parents' first churches. Uh, and, uh, they, uh, they knew, uh, young Tommy Loudon. We used to call him Tommy. He's now major Thomas He's Loudon. <laughs> yeah. Principal of the Evangeline Booth college. I mean, cause that gets off official and stuff, but, uh, so Caleb and his brothers and sisters, and actually Caleb and his brother, his sisters are the inspiration for the McClure four. Uh, we just saw how easy the Loudons had it growing up with all four children, so we figured we're going to do it as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, this is Caleb Loudon. Yes, cross talk. Yeah. Cross talk. So, Caleb is the oldest of four, uh, and he's the he's the best looking guy in in, in, in of the kids, and uh, we're just we're just really excited to have him. But I but Caleb, I've known Caleb forever. Caleb, uh, I've watched Caleb grow up. Uh, I think Caleb's still waiting for me to grow up, which is absolutely okay. <laughs> so him and a bunch of other people are still waiting. But uh, so, Caleb, tell us a little about yourself. We definitely want to hear about Caroline. We definitely need to hear about your gorgeous wife, who I was there while they were dating. Okay, I was there while they were dating at, at youth events and stuff like that, and watching these two make googly eyes at each other. Just really uh, disgusting stuff. That's a whole different issue of cost talk. So, Caleb, tell us about yourself. Well, First of all, thank you, John, and thank you, Major Doug, for having me on Crosstalk, which I think has the best name of any internet show in the Salvation Army, Crosstalk. I just like to say it. I don't know why. It's just something about it. It's just is just exciting. So thank you for that. Oh, well, okay. And uh, I do also want to say, as Doug was talking about, uh, excuse me, Major Doug. Oh, Doug's uh, fine. Trust me. Weird that you're Major Doug now. Um was talking about our history together. I did remember a time at Camp Grandview when I was a camper and Doug was leading an evening at program that involved like kind of a messy game night thing. And <laughs> the, the uh, grand finale, you know, the, the like high point of the whole evening was uh, him convincing me to swallow a live goldfish. And, uh, Guilty. And that's something that I have never forgotten, uh, and feeling I've never forgotten feeling in your stomach. Feeling, I'm, I mean, I, not really, but all to say, it's inspired me now to come into this position at THQ that involves camp, so that I can make sure that that never happens at a Salvation Army camp ever again. Uh, <laughs> but with all that, I, I am uh, Caleb Loudon, and I am married to Kendall Loudon. There you see her picture there. And we have a daughter, Caroline, who is two and a half years old and is just, of course, our pride and joy. And uh, we have another on the way, a boy, baby boy, Loudon. Uh, no yet, name yet? Yet to be named. Tom uh, Jr., I'm sure, is going to be out there. <laughs> I don't think we'll have a, uh, 
uh, another little Tom anytime soon, but you never, you never know, or little Tommy as he was called growing up. Um, but uh, so that, that is our family there, uh, soon to be a family of four. I am one of four uh, Loudon children. I have three younger sisters and I'm the oldest. And as the only boy, I think I can agree with you, uh, Doug, that I'm the most handsome boy of the four. Um, so there you go. That's just a little bit about me. Awesome. Well, uh, and we, we mentioned a little bit on your on your bio. I mean, you're working there at Ter Territorial Headquarters. You're doing the camping program and uh, character building programs, correct? That's right. Camp and character building. And looking forward to having camp this summer. It's going to be great. There are a lot of kids out in the territory probably celebrating you making those comments because they definitely <laughs> missed camp this past summer. And now yes. tell, us, tell us about uh, about a special ministry you're involved with there in Atlanta. We'd love to hear about that. Yeah, so I uh, help co-lead with a group of young adults, what we call Creekside, which is a community within the larger umbrella of the Atlanta Temple Corps. And what makes this community a bit distinct is that it is mostly young adults, although not all of us are young adults, but it's uh, a community that practices a number of different things together, like small groups, and we have a contemporary worship meeting each Sunday that uh, you can check out at 11, and we have uh, different community events each month, so last month, or or was that this month? I'm getting all my days confused. We had uh, Creekside Cooking where... It was this month because I couldn't follow along at all. It was awful. <laughs> well, this month we had Creekside Cooking where we all jumped on Zoom together and made the same thing at the same time, uh, sausage ratatouille. Okay, I, I thought that was just the name of a particular mouse in the movie, but it's actually a real thing. And... Um, it was really great. We had a lot of fun just making that at the same time simultaneously. Some of the ratatouille that people made was better than some of the ratatouille that others maybe won't say whose wasn't really all that up to par, uh, but um, they're still welcome in our community despite their cooking prowess. And, you know, we're getting to be better uh, cooks together, which is fun. Awesome. Well, before we get started here, make sure you hit that share button or that like button or love button. Also, we're going to be monitoring the comments. So if you had a chance to make the comments there on the Augusta Croc Church or the Salvation Army Augusta, we'll try to respond to your comments. Unless they're about John's hair, then we choose not to comment about John's hair. Uh, I will have a whole separate show about John's hair, and uh, we'll be sharing that with you at a later date. So it is our tradition that uh, our guests will open us up in prayer. So Kayla, would you be would you do this honor or open us up in prayer this evening? Absolutely happy to. Let's pray. Holy Father, I just thank you for Major Doug and for John and for the passion that they have and that the Augusta, the Augusta Croc Corps has um, for your word, Lord. Your word is a light unto our path. It is a precious, precious gift that has been given to us across so many centuries uh, after many, many believers before us have carefully and wonderfully um, just preserved it and, and transmitted and passed it on across uh, so many different media, from papyrus to codices and on and on, Lord. We thank you for that great legacy because today we get to together um, savor and luxuriate, Lord, in this your word, this word that comes bearing life for us today. And so I pray that this, um, in this hour that we have together, we would uh, come to um, know the word deeper, Lord, that we would uh, hear something perhaps that we've not heard before, uh, that we would have a, some sort of insight going to your word, but most importantly, Father, I pray that in this time we would encounter your risen son, who has promised to meet us when we gather like this. May he be in our midst tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, here we are ready for crosstalk. If you're following along, as you can see on the little scroll at the bottom, we're in Psalm 35. And we can say Psalm and not Psalms. We got that clarified a couple weeks ago. John, you keep laughing at me, dude. But I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's just great to be able to say Psalm. Um, we're in Psalm 35. It's in the book of Psalms, but it's Psalm 35. Uh, my my Bible says a Psalm of David. I guess he signed it. I don't know how these things work. 
Caleb went to seminary. He can probably explain it to you later. But, uh, you know, all the great stuff I get. So who wants to get us kicking off and do some reading today? Um, I will. All right. And, and Caleb, here are the rules. We get to a place you want to stop, throw hands, make a comment, say something about a beard. And then we'll stop right there. So here we go. Thanks, John. Psalm 35. Come on and follow along with us. Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take up shield and buck and buckler. Arise and come to my aid. Brandish spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Okay, am I the only one hear that hearing like the Rocky theme at this point? <laughs> I mean, I'm just like I'm like I'm like ready for Eye and the Tiger to back background. That's right. Like, going high now. <laughs> okay, Caleb probably has something more spiritual to say. Well, yeah. Uh well I don't know about more spiritual. I mean, uh, you know, Eye of the Tiger is, is pretty spiritual here. It's but deep, uh, right? Yeah. You know, it's so deep, you know, and those trumpets are so high and it's just great. Um, but I think a couple things I would uh note here at this point are one, uh you have in the um, the superscript there, the beginning, uh, that this is a psalm of David. <clears throat> Sometimes in your text, it'll say that this is verse zero, but at the top there, you'll see of David. And a lot of these kinds of psalms are sometimes called the imprecatory psalms. Imprecation is in the Ooh. fancy word. Yeah, is that a nice word? Imprecation. Ooh, wow. It's, it's what, I know. I mean, that's the word of the day today, actually, imprecation. Um, and that's a fancy word for curse. And uh, so the imprecatory psalms are psalms in which we find the psalmist, whoever the psalmist might be, the speaker, uh, producing some kind of curse against their enemies or um, against uh, whoever might be uh, antagonizing them in that moment. And so this is a psalm of David, which are often these kinds of psalms. Another way of defining this psalm is to call it a psalm of um, personal request or a petition, uh, in particular a petition for a, an individual. And um, those psalms can be petitions for healing for um, sickness. So you have various psalms in which the psalmist is petitioning God for some, some kind of healing. Uh, we've probably had quite a few people praying similar kinds of prayers uh, in the last year, haven't we? Uh, and so we find in the Psalms very clear connections to our own life, even recently in that. Then you have um, Psalms of personal petition that involve um, vindication. So someone's made an accusation against the speaker and the speaker's coming to God and saying, clear my name, Lord. You know the truth. Prove to whoever that I am innocent of this, which this Psalm sort of gets into that area. Then there's also a psalm petition which involves some kind of armed conflict where the speaker is involved in some kind of struggle with another group or individual. And this psalm seems to fit most um, uh, accurately into that category, that kind of petition for an individual. This psalm, that this um, petition of an individual involves some kind of armed conflict. There are hostile parties out to get this guy. And he's got nowhere else to go but to God for some kind of help in this. And you hear right at the start, right at the very top here, how intense and um, terrible his particular situation is. I mean, there's just such heartfelt anguish right at the top. So you, uh, think John read this already very well, um, but just a couple of spots that I point out here in these first three verses. Um, you know, fight those who fight me. Like he is under attack and he needs, he's got nobody else but God to come to his aid and to, uh, to and to defeat his attackers. Um, grab your small shield and your large shield, these are large checks, but shield and buckler is actually a better translation because we do have ancient sources that show us how uh, you would have a, in battle large shields, which are often carried by a shield carrier, and then a smaller shield that a uh, soldier might carry themselves. And so, He's like saying, let's get everything we've got involved in this, okay? Let's get all of our armaments uh, up to the, to the fight here. Use your spear and your lance. These are also specific Hebrew words, uh, which reflect uh, what we know archaeologically about battle today, where, um, where your text might say spear and lance. 
it's actually most likely not talking about uh, two different weapons, but the same weapon and two different parts of the weapon. So that spear is referring to kind of the bottom of the handle there and um, lance referring to more of somewhere along the, the spear itself where uh, the, um, the combatant might grab. And what that reflects, we think, is two different uses of the spear. So one use being that you would use it in battle to like defend yourself as like using it kind of like a sword or something and the other is you grab the end of it when you want to use the point of the spear to actually finish someone off and so again it's like the, the psalms is saying we let, like let's put everything out there against this enemy you know there's no time for uh you, you know playing around here we've got to really fight back and, he, and he's asking the Lord for that. And the last thing I'd say just about this section is the last part of verse three, we have um, this just really amazing uh, clause here. My, my text says, assure me with these words, I am your deliverer. Again, John, your text was actually better because it said something like, say to my soul, mm. I am your deliverer. Speak to my innermost being here. Assure me at as deep a level as you can, God, that I've got you on my side and you're going to do something about this. And again, just speaking to the, the extreme anguish of this, the how difficult and how um, just uh, perplexing a problem the psalmist finds himself in. And I think that speaks to us, right? I mean, we sometimes can feel like the Bible's this distant thing, like it's just an artifact of a bygone age that spoke to a particular group of people at a particular time and doesn't really get into real life, doesn't have anything to really say about real life. Sometimes, unfortunately, that's how we might feel about the Bible. But here right away in Psalm 35, I think all of us can relate to this kind of scenario where you are, you feel surrounded and you feel like there's nowhere to turn and like life is just beating you up time and time and time again. There are even hostile parties involved who really don't like you and would like to see something bad happen to you. Perhaps you've been in that situation. Well, someone in the Bible also has and, and has provided some language for us when we are in those moments so we can grapple with that. So that's just a, a bit of brief introduction there, and uh, we can carry on. Wow. I don't think I'm qualified to go to Creekside. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, Seriously, I mean, what, 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 yeah, I mean, I, 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 and I thought Ken Argot was deep, so there it is, you know, I mean, but uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of like the whole kitchen sink involved. I mean, you're bringing everything you got, you're bringing everything that you got at your disposal, and we're bringing it all to bear against, against what's happening. I mean, because, I mean, that's really been some of my experience, my own spiritual life. Sometimes it feels like I only do halfway or only bring just enough to get by, and, and the psalmist here is saying, you know what? Let's grab it all. Let, let, let's get it all. Let, let's get into this fight and, and, and let, let's, let's really give it a whole effort. You know, and then if we come up short, you know, then God steps in and we know that we've done our part and that God's coming and he saved his people. But I mean, a lot of times I think we've been given resources. We've been given things that are available to us and we don't use all of them. We just, you know, we, we, we hold something back in reserve. And the psalmist seems to be saying, you know what? Let's throw it all in there. Yeah, it's time. I mean, let's bring both your kyber crystals there, John. <laughs> Oh, both kyber crystals. Right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <Nerd alert. laughs> well, I, yeah. I think the, you know, in the length of the text, because it's probably one of the longer Psalms we've talked about yet, though, I mean, where it, all of the whole of it is worth taking in and um, even modeling after, you know, verse, verse three really kind of sums up the intent of it all. Because um, the sections that follow are all pleas for deliverance, because it's this idea that, you know, he's pushed to a place where he knows the Lord is the only one that can do this. And because of that, he will praise him like the, the, there are three segments that follow are all the Lord's going to do this and I'm going to praise him. And then he's going to do this and I'm going to praise him. And so that that idea of, of taking that in deeply, that that's the biggest fruit I think we can get out of this entire Psalm and it's a right up front for you and everything. Yeah. Those are great points. Those are great points. All right. You want to keep going, John or Kaylee, you want to do some reading? I'll do some reading. Sure. Awesome. I'm reading, 
the New English translation. I'll start here at verse 4. May those who seek my life be embarrassed and humiliated. May those who plan to harm me be turned back and ashamed. May they be like wind-driven chaff as the angel of the Lord attacks them. May their path be dark and slippery as the angel of the Lord chases them. I did not harm them, but they hid a net to catch me and dug a pit to trap me. Now, um, as John was saying, you have these petitions that begin to start. Uh, and um, there are kind of two verb types that are being used in the Hebrew here. Beginning, it starts off with what we call these imperative verbs, which are very clear commands. Uh, and then as it goes on, you get what we call Hebrew jussives, which is a it's a broad kind of word category. It kind of uh, catches a number of different kinds of words. But the reason you see those words may there in verse 4, 5, and 6 is because of the change in the verb. Uh, and that's why it's gone from something that seems more like a, a command for the Lord to do something to him kind of, you know, requesting. It's, it's a little less intense now. Um, and um, throughout the text, it, it alternates between both kinds of verbs. Now, it's sort of interesting. I mean, it's interesting at one level, and it's not at another level. So the way it's interesting is is that um, they're both like kind of commands. They're both types of commands, but one does seem to have a little bit more intensity to it than the other uh, in in reading Hebrew. Not always, but that can be um, the case. And so, as it's as the as the passage kind of switches intensity. Um, you know, you kind of, if you're a Hebrew reader, you might feel in that the wrestling, you know, like him, like coming at hot at moments and then like calming down a little bit and then hitting back again a little hotter. Uh, you know? um, and I just feel like, isn't that just like, like when you're venting to a friend, don't you have moments where you like start off and you say insane things about who you're mad at? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> like, really? You, like, usually it's in that building you're sitting in. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> uh, no comment. Um, but, uh, no, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, you you have to sometimes say that kind of hot invective before you are able to get a little more collected and be a little more rational and 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 make a fairer judgment about things after you've taken in more information. But... You know, we all in life need somebody who we can um, kind of express in that way at times, right? Like, um, and and part of the psalm is uh, is the psalmist taking that kind of language and then revealing to us how we do this kind of expressing, but in a healthy way, in a healthy way, uh, and in a way that uh, is directed in the right way, which we'll we'll talk more about in a second. But the, you have that alternating between different kinds of verbs, between these two kinds of command verbs, which I think shows a different level of intensity throughout. And the other thing I just want to say is in verse 7, you do start to get into uh, what's what's really going on here. So we start off with, um, you know, the psalmist giving us a lot of emotion, what he wants the Lord to do. And then verse seven, you start to hear more of the backstory. I did not harm them, but they hid a net to catch me and dug a pit to trap me. And he's going to explain a little bit about this further. You got to stop saying Doug. Can we just use a different word? Can we Caleb this thing or something? <laughs> Every time we say Doug, I feel like it's everybody's pointing at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like I'm calling you a pit that traps me or something. Uh, John, Doug. no comments. John, <laughs> reviews are coming up, John. That's true. Yeah. So I want to just, I see this comment here from John. And our enemies are not flesh and blood. Sometimes it is our friends who cause us grief. Um, and I, I've actually noted that for the end here, that, that particular thought. And so I just want to note, John, that you're, I think you're right on to something. We'll come back to that. He always uh, is. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, sounds, seems like a, a smart dude. So, um, why don't we go on then with verse eight? I don't know. You, Ken Argot has a comment here. I can't let the gauntlet of doom go without more conversation. Okay, move on, Ken. <laughs> oh, 
All right, so I guess I'll do some reading here. I'm in verse 8. I'll be reading the New Living Translation because it's my plan to completely confuse all of you by as many <laughs> translations as possible. So here we are, New Living Translation. Uh, so let sudden ruin come upon them. Let them be caught in the trap they set for me. Let them be destroyed in the pit they, they Caleb for me. Um, <laughs> then I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be glad because he rescues me. With every bone in my body, I will praise him. Lord, who can compare with you? Who else rescues the helpless from the strong? Who else protects the helpless and poor from those who rob them? I pause there for dramatic effect. I'm well, glad you paused. Yeah, because this this is the end of one of the first of those sections I was talking about earlier, where it's it's that turnabout that David typically does with a psalm of, here's my plea, here's my heart, but then at the end of the day, here's my praise, because you know, in his mind, at, at the end of the day, God's good for it. You know, whatever whatever he goes to the bank with, he knows God's good for it. And so this yeah. is the first of three times where he really kind of lays out his experience before the Lord and just invites him in. Because at this point, clearly, he's he's over it. He's done. He's stretched his humanity out as far as it'll take him to be able to deal with people. Mm. Yeah. And um He's doing all of that, as you said, uh, and also um, he is affirming something that is true about God. Now, one of the interesting things about these laments and these imprecatory psalms is they are in the Bible, right? Um, and so, like, I think probably the worst one is Psalm 109, like where it's saying about the, the speaker is saying about their enemies, may their children uh, like perish and may their wives not bear any more children. Just like all these terrible things, right? It's just really it's like, oh gosh, wow. like do they really go to church, you know? <laughs> um, not Augusta. Yeah. <laughs> not Augusta. Um, but in all of them, they do have something to tell us about God and about who God is. And here we get into one of these declarations about God that uh, is really important for this being included in the, in the Bible and the Psalter. And uh, it's really here um, in verse 9, Then I will rejoice in the Lord and be happy because of his deliverance. With all my strength I will say, O Lord, who can compare to you? You rescue the oppressed from those who try to overpower them, the oppressed and needy from those who try to rob them. So he's declaring something that's true about God, that God rescues the oppressed, that God rescues those who are oppressed and needy and rescues them from those who are trying to rob them. Now, it's interesting, though, he's declaring that about God, something true about God. But he's also saying he's saying that in, in also within a condition. Right. He's saying, like, if you do this then I will rejoice in the Lord and be happy because of his deliverance. And he goes on from there. So it's like, I'm in a really bad situation right now. I need you, God. Um, I am willing to affirm that this is true about you, but only if you do this for me. And look, I think one of the reasons why this psalm is helpful is because some of us can get to a place in life where we're not ready to acknowledge who God is even like we're not like we're so hurt by what's happening and what's happened to us that maybe our hearts are just not there yet. Not We're not able to express these words quite yet. But what the psalmist is doing is saying, even though I might feel that way, what I'm going to say at least is if I can be delivered in this way, then I will declare this and so it's like even right now in the psalm even as the psalmist seems pretty far away from where he should be he's already heading in the right direction and and god's already wooing him back to where he should our example of course is jesus uh and it's jesus who tells us to love our enemies not to hate our enemies you know and it's Jesus who, while on the cross, asks that God forgive those who are executing him. I mean, just incredible grace, incredible forgiveness. And it's that sort of forgiveness and grace that we're called to. Um, and, uh, and so I think what this psalm allows is for those who 
are in the midst of disorientation and they're not oriented the way they need to be, this psalm begins that process of being reoriented to what God wants for us, for his, his best for us, uh, which is to not be burdened by our grudges and by uh, our resentments and our bitterness, but be, to be freed from it. And this, this psalm becomes a kind of doorway to that happening um, and, and enables the beginning of a kind of journey. Well, here we are. We're at halftime, guys. Can you believe it? It's amazing. So as part of our halftime show, we spent a couple minutes getting to our guests. But first, we have our would you rather question. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen, just for your own edification and especially chosen for their Caleb Loudon. Would you rather have your most embarrassing photos posted on social media or accidentally fall in public and the video go viral? And why? Look at that deep stuff. Would you rather be embarrassed publicly on social media or fall and it go viral? Well, I feel like all of my most embarrassing photos are on social media already, so <laughs> I think I'll pick that option. Not that I'm inviting anyone to go searching, but... Uh, so you're here to hear, folks, if you have any pictures of Caleb Loud <laughs> you would like to share on Facebook, uh, we're going to set up a special uh, webpage for that here on Crosstalk where you can share all the embarrassing photos of Caleb Loud you have there. Kendall, I hope you're hearing us out there because we would love to see some Caleb Loud pictures. What about you, John? Are you going They're photo right. or are you going video? Um... I'm not really bothered by either, though. Yeah, because everything we do is public anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, I mean, I have anything I have. I didn't have a very documented childhood, um, so I, I feel like a lot of it could just be like stupid kid stuff, not necessarily anything like horrible. Um, and then also, you know, if I if I fall in public, I mean, gravity, man, I can't help that. Um, but. I, I mean, I guess I, if I had to choose one, probably the childhood photos, just because that's probably something I've like, that's trauma I've already suppressed. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about that versus new trauma of, I mean, kids on the internet today are mean. Right, right. <laughs> I don't want to invite that into my life. I don't want to be a TikTok. I, just, I, might, I don't, I might I don't have that need. Like this. So. I don't have the need to be the preacher of TikTok. Oh, please come a story. There's a quick story about falling in public. I was uh, on Salvation Service Corps in summer 2012, and we had visited a village of like 150 people. And we're standing on this hill, and it's very humid, so the grass is kind of wet. And my team has, for whatever reason, packed me down with everything we brought to this like remote village on, and as I'm standing on this incline. And so I've got a guitar, and I've got several bags, and I've got like a couple things of uh, bags of food and all kinds of stuff. And somehow I'm carrying it all. And I begin to feel one leg slip from underneath me uh, as I'm on this hill. And as all like 150 of these villagers are surrounding us to say goodbye. And uh, you know, I was just like this slow motion fall where eventually and <laughs> <in>, like <laughs> really just slow motion, I found myself just face first in the things were uh, as they were all watching and laughing. And I was, no one came to save me. They just all let it happen. And I fell and was eventually just laying in this wet grass in front of all these people. So that's my falling over story. That's just awful. Yeah. Um, summer service gives you some stories. It sure does. That's it the sure year does. That's the year we met, I believe, Caleb. Oh, yeah. That's right. That is right. 2012. So here we are, just a highlight for our speaker today. Uh, this is Creekside. This is our website, creeksideatl.org. So make sure you go and check them out. Some good content there. You can always hear more of Caleb and, and his leadership team speaking and sharing. And uh, we're just really excited to have you on board, Caleb. And thank you so much for taking some time and being on Crosstalk. I don't know if you know this, but this is the top-rated show on Thursday at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time in the Salvation Army world. Uh, and uh, we're very proud of that. And we have trophies. Maybe. We're going to get trophies one day. We might just buy each other trophies. But uh, we're just excited to have you on Crosstalk. But uh, definitely want to take away from time with the word. So don't remember if you'd like to if you'd like to share with us about whether you'd rather go low go viral on on uh, social media. Just let us know how you want to do it, and uh, we'd love to talk to you about it. We got some more comments coming in here from our Ken Argot. Well, there it is, man. Look at him. He that's a lot of reading. Well, I, I guess John he wants he wants you to read this since he mentioned a you by name. Apparently. Um, I'm wondering about the issue of sometimes in our own space, privately ask God to change someone's behavior that might be hateful. After all, Jesus didn't mince words when he called the righteous leaders whitewashed tombs and John called them a brood of vipers. 
Wow. Um, yeah, like, and, and that was one of the things as, as you were talking, Caleb, like, it, it's going to feel very familiar. By the way, that's what we call a Segway here in Crosstalk. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. I don't, I don't ride Segways. I don't yeah. trust them. But um, if you study through the Psalms long enough, or even if you go through all of them, like, you'll come across a lot of those that really petition the Lord for vindication and, and even vengeance, you could probably call it, and everything. And it can sometimes be something to to wrestle with. And and if I'm gathering kind of like what Ken's going for, th this idea of that, you know, when we're in that space with God and when we're just bearing ourselves, you know, do we have to hold back necessarily? Because for all intents and purposes, I don't know that they imagined that this would be in a book thousands of years later that would be talked about on the number one rated Salvation Army 6 p.m. Thursday Eastern Standard Time show. <laughs> you know, uh -huh. so it's... It's like, it's the same thing of like when, when, when I vent with someone, I don't necessarily expect that to, to go anywhere. Um, that's a nature of our relationship and everything. Um, but I, I think there's room in our relationship with God to be real only under the conditions though, that we're real with the intent to change because, you know, kind of like what you're talking about, Caleb here, what, what some of what he's asking for, some of what you know, goes on in the Psalms when they're bearing their heart. Not great. Not not necessarily something bent towards God's will, I'd argue. Um, now, salvation and deliverance of his people, absolutely. That That is God's will. Is it from his enemies today? Maybe. Is it from, you know, his enemies later? Maybe. I, we, we don't know. So we have to, if we're going to bear ourselves so openly before the Lord, it, it should be this kind of emptying for the sake of being refreshed then with his will and his intent and everything. It's just like, this is what I want, God. This is how I feel about it. This is what's going on. But if you have something else, if, if this isn't what you would have for me, if this isn't what you'd have for them, if this isn't what's a part of your grand scheme for the kingdom, then just help me along the way. Help my faith. Help me know deeply that you're, you've got this and you're going to be my salvation one way or the other. Um, and, and that's an aspect of prayer that I don't think gets talked about a lot. You know, we talk about venting. We talk about putting it all out there, but we don't necessarily talk about putting it out there so that it can get maybe changed. And, and I hope that maybe hit on some of what Ken was going for and kind of what I feel about what's going on here. Yeah, I think so. I think one of the central points of this and this whole idea of this psalm kind of allowing someone who isn't totally ready to forgive yet some beginning to their journey uh, is that uh, when it comes to this kind of emotion, when it comes to this kind of resentment, um, the best place we can go is to God. It's to God. It's, to, it's not that um, we are wrong for feeling this way. It's that our right way of, of proceeding with that is turning toward God and um, so, and just putting it at his feet for him to take care of uh, and for him to, to provide healing. And, and he can also lead us in the other directions, too, from there. Like uh, I, my wife is a therapist. I think therapy is a wonderful way to uh, work out. Parts can we get a discount? Can we get a crosstalk discount? What are you saying? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, look, I, I'm sort of her agent, and you know, I'll draft something. <laughs> Appreciate that. See all you can do. Um, but no, I mean, like getting that kind of help, being a part of a small group, having a group of believers where you can, um, you know, uh, allow this sort of uh, feeling to be um, brought out into the light. Like those are all healthy things too. But as Christians, our first step is taking this before the father, just like the psalmist is here and, and, and being honest with him, transparent with him. We don't want to think of God as just kind of an answering machine. You know, it's just calls knowing that they're just going to go straight to voicemail. Okay. We have, a, we have in our uh, ability to pray to him, an active participant, someone who is uh, actively in a relationship with us, and so in taking it to him, it's not just going out into, you know, endless space, but the Lord is hearing us. He is with us and he is mighty to save. He is able to deliver, yeah. as Thomas says here. 
Uh, and so it's important that we be allowing God access into this part of our life and allowing for the Holy Spirit then to do his work uh, that he wants to do. Definitely. And I think oftentimes the root of like scandal in the church of uh, people's own personal failings is that they didn't actually allow God to go there with them. Mm. That there was some part of them that they just, they didn't think God could do anything about. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and you know, it's part of this life of faith with him is continually, no matter how long it takes, opening up our lives to him for his work uh, and, and, and being transparent with the father first. So, well, we, better, we better get some more reading done. This hour is going to get up on us. Right. Well, who wants, I guess, John, you up I next? Can, John, or you want to do some reading, Caleb? No, Caleb, go Caleb. I okay. like our guest. We, I think we said, what, verse 10, so verse 11 then? Yeah, you go. Violent men perjure themselves and falsely accuse me. They repay me evil for the good I have done. I'm overwhelmed with sorrow. When they were sick, I wore sackcloth and refrained from eating food. If I'm lying, may my prayers go unanswered. I mourn for them as I would for a friend or my brother. I bowed down in sorrow as if I were mourning for my mother. But when I stumbled, they rejoiced and gathered together. They gathered together to ambush me. They tore at me without stopping to rest. When I tripped, they taunted me relentlessly and tried to bite me. This is pretty serious stuff. <laughs> hey, actually... If you've been a core officer, though, as my parents have been, that's VBS, man. All, right? This is all that <laughs> things. Um, or if you've done any kind of youth ministry, yeah. Okay, verse seventeen. Oh Lord, how long are you going to watch this? Rescue me from their destructive attacks. Guard my life from the young lions. And uh, young lions is often uh, a symbol of like even more voracious, more fierce attackers. Oh wow. Yeah, then I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you before a large crowd of people. Again, you have the conditionality of all of this. Do not let those who are my enemies for no reason gloat over me. Do not let those who hate me without cause carry out their wicked schemes, for they do not try to make peace with others, but plan ways to deceive those who live peacefully in the land. And that word peace there is the word shalom. It's this holistic thing, this, this word that means completion and wholeness and uh, in a sense perfection, but not kind of a static perfection, but just meaning that there's nothing lacking here, this kind of peace. Verse 21, they are ready to devour me. They say, aha, aha, we've got you, but you take notice, Lord, do not be silent. Oh, Lord, do not remain far away from me. Rouse yourself, wake up, and vindicate me. My God and Lord, defend my just cause. Vindicate me by your justice, O Lord my God. Do not let them go over me. Do not let them say to themselves, Aha, we have what we wanted. Do not let them say we have devoured him. May those who rejoice in my troubles be totally embarrassed and ashamed. May those who arrogantly taunt me be covered with shame and humiliation. May those who desire my vindication shout for joy and rejoice. May they continually say, may the Lord be praised for he wants his servant to be secure. Then I will tell others about your justice and praise you all day long. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Thanks it's a lot. It is a lot. And um, I think we all understand now by this point, he's not all that happy right now with the way he's <laughs> Well, no, I mean, you start by getting bit by lions and tigers and bears. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Uh -huh. um, and, uh, you know, it, it just, again, speaks to this, what we've already been talking about, the just the um, violence of circumstances. Just a couple of points out uh, from the text itself, um, just specific parts of the text. Again, you have this word shalom in different places, the two places I pointed out earlier. But then also in verse 27, where my translation says, may the Lord be praised for he wants his servant to be secure. That is also there. Uh, the word secure is also the word shalom, to be complete, to be whole, to be at rest. 
uh, and to have the sense of um, uh, just totality, like completeness, wholeness. And, um, and then you have right after that, then I will tell others about your justice and praise you all day long. Um, it's interesting here you have this connection between peace and justice happening in the text. And we uh, have heard um, chants of no justice, no peace uh, in uh, the news quite a bit in the last year. Uh, and in, in this text, we find um, the psalmist uh, basically saying essentially that, that, that without um, justice here, then there's no, there's not going to be completion for him. There's not going to be shalom for him. There's not going to be peace for him. Uh, and so he needs the Lord to act uh, in a mighty way to um, produce justice and then therefore peace. Um, I think those are just sort of my thoughts specifically about the text. I just have a couple of general thoughts in conclusion. I don't know how much time we have left. Oh, we're still a couple of times, but I haven't heard John speak in a couple of minutes, and he's just making me nervous because that beard hasn't moved in a second. I mean, I've got, John, you've got to talk to me about this whole treacherous enemies rejoice over my defeat. Because I know you got an opinion about that, and it has nothing to do with polyester. So, John, <laughs> but, but before Caleb gives his finishing thoughts there, John, you've got to have an opinion there about these treacherous enemies that rejoice over my defeat. Any thoughts there? Well, you know, John Gillum, our course sergeant major, mentioned earlier about the idea of, you know, our, our battle isn't necessarily flesh and blood, but sometimes it is our enemies. And I'd uh, like to pause here. We do love first, John. Yes, we do. Um, you know, some, sometimes we're up against quote unquote friends and, and certainly like in this connotation, it can come off that way that he's talking about someone who was at his table, who he looked out for, you know, he talks about how he provided for them. He was there for them. He mourned in such a way, clearly he had investment in them and everything. Um, you know, how close that relationship is. I don't, I don't know, but sometimes we, we find ourselves struggling that way where we feel that the tables have turned and that folks that we're there for aren't there for us. And, mm. um, it, it can even be in, like in this case, very mal maliciously. So, and so the, this idea on, I, I, it almost justifies, um, and I know I had that whole soapbox earlier, but it almost justifies how he feels because he's not only being attacked, he's used to being attacked. He's the King. But he's betrayed, you know, he, he's turned on by the very folks that he's, you know, stuck up for and everything. And I, I, at the end of the day, I think that we have to be mindful that I think, number one, sometimes relationships perceive a way more than they are. Um, there's probably folks that can consider they have thousands of friends, but in reality, they don't, no matter what Facebook tells you. Um when you get deep into the kind of relationship that goes on with a friend that David would be familiar with because of Jonathan, there's not too many Jonathans probably still in his life. And similarly, we wouldn't have maybe more than, I mean, if we're generous, a dozen folks we'd probably consider on that level of relationship. Those are the kinds of folks, though, that we wouldn't be writing a psalm about. It's the other folks that we kind of see as a part of our circle um, but then they do human things. And, and the reason I say it that way is because at the, at the end of the day, what, a lot of what, you know, David's calling for is just sin to be as futile as it is. All of these things that are happening, all these things they're doing, let it come back on them. Let them get nothing out of it. In fact, let me get good out of it. it it's the same things that's promised to sin, that it only leads to death. It only leads to futility. It's not going to produce fruit. But for the faithful, you know, it, it does produce something good. And so as much as he's crying for vindication, it's also this idea of perseverance and getting through it with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, and, and that's where I, I kind of, I'm probably inserting this in the psalm, I'm going to go ahead and say, but when I read this, I, I don't see it as he's hoping today the Lord is going to come down and smite his enemies and save him. I, I think he knows this is a longing for a lifetime. This is something that's going to happen down the road that only the Lord can do because at the end of the day, that's all these people are going to get out of it is one day the Lord is going to give them back exactly what they sowed. Um, and so I feel like sometimes it's that in our lives, we have to recognize that certain things, people are going to be people 
you know, sin has hurt people, it's hurt the world, it sucks, and it has consequences, even if we aren't participants in it. And at the end of the day, God does have a plan of redemption and, and vindication and justice that leads to a greater peace. You know, that, that justice and peace mantra is almost this promise of revelation, whether the, you know, David knows that or not, but it's this idea of we want justice and we want peace, but one can't go without the other. And ultimately, it's only promised in the end. So even if you make up with friends, even if this guy that's bugging David just leapt out of power and was no longer a problem, there's going to be a new one next week. You know, you, you solve today's issue. There's going to be another one tomorrow. It, it, that's the reality of it. But we have a promised peace down the road where true justice and, and perfect peace is promised. So it's this longing and looking forward, I think, that we have to practice and train ourselves towards rather than kind of like what David starts with this idea of right now, God, come in, do something, change it, make it better. We have to look past right now with God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, we were slipping up on time. So I'm going to hand it over to Caleb and let him finish out next five minutes. And then we're going to do a close of our show, but Caleb, the floor is yours. Let us hear it. Well, thank you both so much. This has been a ton of fun. Um, just in closing, I want to follow up on what John was just talking about and um, make a couple suggestions. One is that um, James Luther Mays, uh, Old Testament scholar, suggests that you cross-reference this passage with 1 Samuel 24, 14, which is a part of this moment uh, in the life of David where um, he's able to actually sneak up on Saul, King Saul, uh, during this period of time where King Saul has been pursuing him and trying to uh, capture him and even worse, take his life. Um, and he says to look at verses uh, 14 and 15 from that chapter of 1 Samuel 24, uh, where it says, Who has the king of Israel come out after? Who is it that you are pursuing? A dead dog, a single flea? May the Lord be our judge and arbiter. May he see and arbitrate my case and deliver me from your hands. And so with this being a, a Davidic psalm, a psalm of David, it's just kind of interesting to think about the moments in David's life where these words may have resonated really deeply with him. And in this case, I mean, you have um, King Saul, father to his best friend, someone who is also, of course, the leader of his people, someone that uh, he would care deeply about. And in fact, in this passage, he does he has the opportunity to take Saul's life and he chooses not to, right? He cuts off a piece of his garment and then reveals that to him later. Um, and actually during that speech is this big revelation. Um, and so uh, with that that context in mind, we can um, just kind of put ourselves you know, maybe closer into what the scenario might have been. Uh, this, like you're saying, John, this situation of betrayal, but not just betrayal, but betrayal by someone that you care deeply about or that you uh, have this kind of close uh, proximity to. And certainly King Saul fits that bill. Um, and like you're saying, what David shows us is that we have every reason to trust the Lord. You know, the Lord uh, resolved David's situation, right? Uh, and made a way out of that circumstance. And in feeling this way and in taking this kind of emotion, these sorts of pleas to the Lord, we're beginning that journey of him once again resolving this. If not resolving the circumstance, resolving at least in our hearts. Uh, and I, I thought that was really great what um, May said in his commentary about this particular passage. He says uh, that in this passage, we don't necessarily just see ourselves in it but we find ourselves through it. Mm. It's a way of being reoriented back to who you were made to be is by as, getting as close as you can to where you should be. It's still some distance, right? There's still some conditions involved, but you are putting yourself for the Lord and you're relying on him and still trusting him rather than going through all of our kind of artificial self-help plans and our, you know, our meager attempts at making our life better for ourselves, get, getting rich or dying trying, uh, th those sorts of things. Rather than than doing that and that kind of just worker that that um, you know works kind of salvation, working for our salvation, we're coming to Him who is the Savior, 
and saying, Lord, I'm submitting myself to you because I know you are able to save. And you know what? If you would do this for me, I'd be even more convinced of it. And the great news is that God will meet us wherever we are. Mm. That God in Christ has come to save us. And then in his Holy Spirit, we are being pursued day in and day out by the hound of heaven who will never give up on us. And if we draw close to him, we will find he is always much closer to us than we would ever have even believed in the first place. Uh, and so uh, in this, this kind of gateway into not just seeing ourselves in the psalm, but again, finding ourselves through it, uh, we find I, once again, this message of God's continual faithfulness, his continual love, his ability to save, which is unmatched uh, and is always faithful. Amen. Man. Well, all I know is I learned more today than I learned all the way through seminary. So, uh, Caleb, I think you're in the wrong line of work. What's ironic, though, is that Caleb's father is actually the principal of the training college. And I really think you and dad should switch jobs. <laughs> Maybe my dad should do character building at THQ and you should be teaching at the training college. Man, this has been great stuff. Please make sure you share our love with your beautiful wife, uh, Kendall, and your awesome, um, awesome daughter, Caroline. And baby boy, Loudon, I just want to put it out there that Douglas McClure uh, Loudon sounds like a great name. I'm just saying out there. Um, um, I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure Chris Patrick wouldn't mind you, maybe I'm Chris uh, Loudon. I don't know how that would work. I think Chris is a weak name. But, um, you know, it's just, just what I have to say about that. So it's just been a blessing to be here. Uh, now, next week we have uh, uh, another great guest. I didn't say greater. I didn't say less than. I said another <laughs> great guest. Uh, also from Atlanta, so we don't hold that against them. We're going to have uh, Miss Melissa, well, I guess Mrs. Melissa Powell, who is our, our, our state Christian education director, is going to be our guest uh, for next week. And we're going to be talking about Psalm 37. So we're excited to have Melissa uh, always great. Uh, maybe she'll bring Josh and play a little tune there for halftime. But uh, we're just so excited to have Melissa with us on the show. Caleb, I, I will tell you that your your coffee mug is in the mail, but it'd be a complete lie. We've only made one, and it's still sitting on my on my on my table in my house. Uh, one of these days we will do crosstalk mugs and stuff like that, and then we will sell you one. You know, as I said, the word sell. It's you know, it's always for uh, you know world services. But uh, so it's been great having you on here. Please. Uh, take back our love to your congregation there in Atlanta and all, all those people there that are doing some great work there. And we're just intrigued by all the great things happening there at the Atlanta Temple Corps. Obviously, Ken and Amy Argot are friends of the show. And so we, we stay in touch with uh, Atlanta Temple very well. And I let, we'll let you know, here's a secret. You were recommended by the one and only Ken Argot uh, wow. to be on this show. So uh, that's high praise from uh, one of our guests of our show. <laughs> uh, so we're just excited to have you here, but uh, it's just awesome to be able to uh, to just share this with you. Come on, talk, brother. Just one last thing I want to say. Again, huge thank you to you guys. This has been so fun. Any chance I get to dive deep in the Word with a group of guys is uh, one I will always take. Uh, one suggestion I'd have for Crosstalk, it's just such a great name. You need you do need some kind of sound effect when you say Crosstalk. You need some kind of flashy like logo that comes up or something. And maybe even when you say crosstalk, you'd like do an echo after like crosstalk, talk, 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 talk. <laughs> something like that. It's just such a great name. I commend you both for it. Well, we are glad uh, to have you on the show and I hope you won't mind, but the invitation will be rolling out again, probably to you uh, in the near future. We have more, uh, more seasons coming up. We'd love to have you there. Maybe we can do a double team with you and Mrs. Loudon and do like some, some, some therapist and some seminary and like semi, therapy. It. <laughs> who, who therapy. I just made up a word. Who gets, the therapy therapy who gets the seminary? Well, trust me, if you know her, she's much more caring than he is. It's just how it is. <laughs> but we can semi-therapy this thing. So there it is. Come and tune in with us next week. Uh, we're going to be covering Psalm 37 with the one and the only Melissa Powell. We're excited about that. So, Caleb, if you would do the honor, we would love for you to close in a word of prayer. And then, folks, thank you on behalf of my my best mate, John Wilcox. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of Crosstalk. Thank you for your comments. And we'll see you again next week. Caleb, take us out. Let's pray. Gracious God, we praise you and give you all thanks for tonight and for your work in each of our lives. You are the hound of heaven, Lord, that does not give up on a single soul in this whole entire planet. And we, Lord, just want to be a part of that work that you are doing. May we 
uh, not only be sharing the word like this, God, but may we also be finding those opportunities in our day-to-day, whether in in person or online, however it might be, uh, to offer those uh, around us that hope which is ours in Christ Jesus. May it be so, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. And from over here in Crosstalk, thank you so much. We'd love to see you again next week. Thank you. Wave to the audience.